Tonight's episode is brought to you by King Tut Graphics from Raleigh, North Carolina. KingTutGraphics.com Are you looking for a better way to promote your business? Have you ever thought about a new sign, window film, clear coat, or even wrapping your vehicle? Think about it. All the time you spend in your car driving around Raleigh, North Carolina, a vehicle wrap can be working right alongside you. A clear branding strategy can make the difference between your next call or not. If you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, check them out at KingTutGraphics.com Your satisfaction with their products and service is guaranteed. So go online to kingtutgraphics.com and check them out. Get a free quote and get started with kingtutgraphics.com. Folks, we have episode 70 tonight. Usual suspects sitting in with us. We have our producer, Patrick Uppelardi Sullivan. So, Patrick. Aloha. And our IT guy with the local nerd on staff, Robbie P. Peters. How you doing, Robbie? Hey, how's your mom? And the all around for Guru Derek. He trained. He too. What's up, Gino? And we got a uh, special guest on the podcast tonight, Ryan Lukowski, the uh, head coach of the uh, Charlotte Checkers. Uh, Calder Cup champions this year. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to, to chatting and, um, you know, talking some hockey. Yeah, man, Ryan, you had a great year. Uh, actually, I was able to go down to Charlotte to the Bojangles Arena and uh, check you guys out. Um, I saw you guys play the Hershey Bears. Uh, it was pretty pretty electrifying there. And uh, tell us a little bit about the season. Yeah, it was, um, you know, from start to finish, we, we just had a really solid team and um, found success early on in the October, November months and kind of got us rolling, um, made a couple acquisitions, getting Tukarski and, and Thomas Yurko. I think that really helped us with our depth, you know, losing a couple guys and then Elaine and up to, to Carolina. So, you know, we just, we just kind of had a good mindset from start to finish. And we got into the playoffs and again, we, we just, everything was clicking. Everyone was positive it was on the same page and then, like you said in the playoffs that building got rocking and um, I thought our guys really fed off it and it was an awesome run great team great staff um, it was a, a, something I'll never forget. Ryan what, what part of the season did you guys realize that uh, you know you guys were catching fire and, you know I mean did you realize you were going to go to the the finals or you know when did you know that you had something special there? Yeah you know you, you always look back and you think of, like when did it click or when did you think you had a chance and um, I think to be honest early in the year you know it was again my first year in the American League and as an assistant coach you know we were we were hot right off the gates like 10 one and one in 12 games or something um that was just you know kind of unheard of for for a start and I think our start really helped us um because then you get everyone believing that you're going to win and then uh, you get into games later in the year where you may be down a goal or two uh in the third period and, and you just had that feeling of the bench that we were going to win the hockey game and 
it's funny, you know, Mike Bellucci and I would come in after games and be like, man, how do we win that game? And if it wasn't first line, it was our second line. If it wasn't our second line, it was our third and fourth line. If it wasn't our D, it was our goal thing. Like every night we had someone kind of going and, and you look back, you know, there wasn't many nights where we, you know, we just didn't show up. There was the games we just didn't have it and we lost, but um, for the most part, we competed uh, extremely hard, played at an extremely high level um, from start to finish. So that that was probably as a coach or something that you look back on and you think is kind of special. Yeah, Ryan. So I mean, listen, you're a young buck, man, 31 years old. We're yeah. all out. We're all out aging you big league here. You know, what I mean, it's, <laughs> I feel. Yeah, I mean, you make me feel old for sure. But like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, maybe 10 years ago, you might have been playing beer pong and doing keg stands. So like, you know, how yeah. the hell, how the hell do you get from you know that point? To where you're at now man like what's how's that road been and how do you kind of you know i mean you're one step below the big show and you're coaching the best ahl team in the country so talk a little bit about that yeah. and like you know h- how you get there impressive numbers yeah too. thank you um yeah you know i, I found it a you know probably when i was 18 19 years old i wanted to get into coaching um real close friends family friends with mike sullivan who's a head coach in pittsburgh and um you know at the time he was coaching in boston and i would go in even he was in providence i would go in and sit in his office and just you know chit chat with them and kind of just feel out what it's like to, to be a coach and it's funny I'm, i'll never forget it uh, to the day i die him sitting in me and him sitting in his office and i'm telling him i wanted to coach and he was trying to talk me out of it because he was stressed <laughs> out in boston uh but you know it's it's something i just kind of loved i i love following it I, and it's not just hockey coaches it's all sorts of coaches and you try to learn and um so I started, I started just, um, you know, picking up on, on what he was doing and, and followed him a, a little bit. And then I knew when I, my playing career was up that that's what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, went back, coached one year of college at Curry College. And then in the summer that the, the, after my first season, you know, South Carolina was looking for an assistant coach. So I uh, knew the president and Rob Concannon and, you know, we hit it off and Spencer Carberry. Um, so worked under him for three years and an assistant, um, had three really, really good years, you know, learning under carbs was, um, was awesome really a uh, bright coach really high uh, has a, a great future in the game and then he moved on to Saginaw and I got uh, to become the head coach there for two years and gave me that experience to, to be you know the head guy which I thought really helped me in, in my you know in my career just learning you know as an assistant it is different it's hard to explain you know you don't take the wins as losses as much as you do as a head coach and you know that was important for me to, to go through that and the, the ups and downs of the season and especially in ECHL it's every day is different you're, you're doing a lot you wear a, diff- a lot of different hats um, so then, you know, I had two good years and um, was fortunate to, to interview with Carolina and Mike Bellucci, you know, last summer and we hit it off. And again, uh, like, we, like we talked about, had a great year. Uh, again, learned a lot from Mike and, you know, he's been coaching a long, long time. And um, I'm just trying to learn as much as I can um, from, from coaches I know, from teams that you play against and, and whatever you can. Because I, I think as a coach, you, you can't be too stubborn. The, the personalities are changing. The generations are changing. As you guys are probably aware, um, you have to keep up with the times and fortunate for me I'm a little bit younger guy and I can kind of you know engage with these kids a little bit more yeah Ryan you know I did mention that you had some impressive numbers there I mean you took uh, Charlotte from the uh, um, worst penalty killing to the top and then uh, defensive core you ranked second in the AHL by just 2.49 goals per game Um, you know and like we said you had an amazing year uh, winning the Calder Cup Um, did you get your chance with the Calder Cup and uh, what did you do with it I haven't uh, got the cup yet I'm gonna probably not yet uh, no, right, right after Labor Day, right before I had this baby, I had a baby, so kind of threw uh, a um, a wrench in the plan. But um, yeah. eventually, get out. Bellucci <laughs> had it last week, and he, he was all over me to fly up there and, and hang out with him. But um, hopefully, get.
get it here soon. What are your plans so Ryan, to do with it when you do get it? Uh, I think me and uh, well, me and Mike used to go to this local watering hole after Saturday night games, and um, I think I was maybe bring it up there. I'm in Charlotte here, so if I was back in Boston, I'd have a big cookout with the family, but probably just bring it to the bar that me and Mike used to always go to and have a cigar in memory of him a little bit. That's no cool. Doubt. Nice. No doubt. Do you have, uh, do you, you know, being a young guy, 31, like you say, and a head coach, yeah. do you, is it, do you get any like uh, pushback from these young guys because of your age? You know, is that like a, is that like a big challenge of the job at all? Like, you know, do you find that as, you know, like a challenging thing as far as just your age? Honestly, not really. I, it's more of the, the opposite. Uh, you know, I think they, I, I understand. And, and, you know, I think you guys can know the generations just change and these kids are brought up a little bit differently. They, they want to be loved yeah. a little bit and yeah, you got to give them some tough love, but I think you have to really learn the, these kids' personalities. And if you're old school and you jump down their throat right away, you're not going to form much of a relationship with them. And they're not, when you go to coach them and teach them, um, they're not going to be very responsive to it. So, you know, I, I feel like my best attribute is, you know, if, if a guy walks in and I started barking at him, that's probably not going to respond very well. So, I try to build relationships, you know, first and foremost off the ice. I want to know about families and what they've been through and um, making sure everything's good because, you know, whatever's happening at home usually translates to the ice. And um, I want to make sure they're in a good spot uh, mentally. But uh, most important, you got to show that you care about them. And, you know, I, I think that's really, really important for, you know, an example that is Jake Bean, a first rounder of uh, the Western League, um, you know, is a great kid. He just has a different personality and, and he wants to, um, he, he's a very smart kid. He's a very smart hockey player and he's a type of kid. That, if I was hard on him right away, he would have shut right down in my, in, in my opinion. And, um, you know, me and Jake have a great relationship and, uh, that started from, you know, went back when we were in Traverse city at the rookie tournament, just getting to know him and, and feel him out and sometimes not, not coaching him on day one, let him fly a little bit. And then he can reel him back a little bit because his, his skill and his talent level is so high. So, you know, honestly, I, I don't get much pushback. Everyone has their challenges and, and the guys that have different personalities that you're going to have to, you know, meet halfway sometimes or, or get them to buy in a little bit more. And, you know, I, I think I I've learned a lot through, you know, Spencer Carberry and uh, Mike Bellucci and even and even Sully, you know, he had to deal with Phil Kessel and Balkin and, and Crosby. Those are three strong personalities that are making a lot of money. So um, you, you, you try to learn from those guys and what, you know, what real big hole and, and, you know, what, how they get them to all buy in. Hey, Ryan, do you feel that being a younger coach, you're in tune more with the technology that is advanced in the coaching world? Uh, maybe a little bit. You know, Carolina's got big analytics. So, you know, I work with those guys quite a bit and, and, and I want to see the numbers and, and, and get as much as I can out of them but you know to be honest i'm not the most tech savvy guy so uh <laughs> I still have, that's probably one thing i have to get better at ryan just a quick question you know with uh having you know the calder cup top players uh in the league um you know how tough is it going to be for you to build a team this year a consistent team you know without uh you know the hurricanes pulling up players and adjusting to that i know uh, your goalie, um, I can't say his last name, my buddy and I, who uh, yeah. we go to the checker games in Charlotte, we call them needle deck, but uh, <laughs> uh, um, what's it going to be like, you know, you know, these players going up and down and how, how do you adjust to that? I mean, cause that happens, you know, you guys could be, you know, yeah. in Colorado and find out this guy's on a plane back to, right. you know, so how do you adjust to that? Yeah. Well, I, I've got a little experience with it when I was in the ECHL, you know, there's a lot of movement up and down daily so i've got some experience with that and then um you know just dealing with you know this year we're gonna have a different team and you've you've seen the transactions you know guys you know patrick Bowen has signed Dan enough has signed somewhere else and in trades with nick watt sorella 
it is going to be a total different team. And, you know, someone else asked me the same question is how, how do you respond with the year you just had? And it's, it's a new year, you, you know, and we're going to turn the page and we're not going to talk a lot about last year. It's a whole new group. You know, some of these guys are going to, Kevin Fitzgerald's not going to want to hear uh, why we won a championship. He, he, he's going to understand, um, you know, we had a special group, but it's a new year that we'll get a blank sheet. Everyone's, you know, got a, a zero and zero record. And, and we're not going to worry about winning the Calder Cup on October 7th. You know, we're going to worry about <laughs> having a good day on October 7th and, um, the next day we'll worry about the next day. And, and I know it sounds so cliche as a coach, but you know, that's something that I really stress upon. We're not going to get look too far forward. And we're not going to look too far in the past. And we're going to focus on the task at hand and whether that's a practice day, whether that's a morning skate and in a game, just take it one day at a time. I think, you know, a lot of players get, get caught up and I need to have the next 10 games, six goals and the next 10 six goals to so my numbers at the end of the year. So I can get that big contract. And I, I think they get lost in their game a little bit. So, you know, it's going to be my, my job to kind of stress the, the, the small the small goals and the, and the mindset of just worrying about today and then you know come tomorrow we'll worry about tomorrow right what is that goalie's name just for the listeners uh Nigelkovic Nigelkovic needle dead took me to like, like April to figure out to say his name too <laughs> we, we just call him Ned Ned oh, yeah, that's good Medic. What about uh, Cedric Lacroix? I know you guys sent, signed him recently. You want to talk about him a little bit? Yeah. Um, heard really good things. Know the coach in Wheeling that had him uh, really well in, in Mike Davis. And, you know, he thought he was a, a guy, a late bloomer, say, and uh, big, um, tough hard-nosed 200-foot hockey player that uh, I'm excited about. Can play center and wing. Uh, moves well for a big guy. Um, you know, I actually was watching some of his games today and goes to the net and, and goes to the paint, uses his frame. So, again, I think he's a guy that uh, has high, high upside. Um, one of those guys, you know, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but don't be surprised in two years he's, he's playing some games in the NHL. And just to get it out there, Flurry is not Theo Flurry's nephew, uncle? Or no, no. No. No relationship. Uh, no relationship. Uh, his... Uh, <laughs> Uh, brothers Cal Flurry that plays in Laval. Nice. And your brother plays uh, played a few games in the show, right? Yeah, he's played uh, Boston, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, and Colorado. Just re-signed with Pittsburgh, so um, kind of I'll probably play against him. I think uh, if he's down in Wilkes-Barre, uh, maybe in November. So that would be, be a big game for you, boy. That would be a big game for yeah. you. Yeah, a lot on the line, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Send so, a couple guys after him. Yeah, right. So Ryan, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you play hockey? I know you think you played at Colby College, is that right? Curry. Um, so I, Curry I started, uh, you know, went to high school, then went to Cushing Academy, uh, a small prep school. Um, had a really, really good team um, and had a great year and then went on to play at Sacred Heart University in Connecticut for two and a half years. And just uh, to be honest, I just wasn't having fun. And, you know, my coach at uh, Cushing Academy, assistant coach was Ray Bork. And I remember him telling me, like, anytime you're not enjoying going into the rink, you got to find something else to do. And I took that kind of to heart uh, halfway through my, my junior year. And I just was like, you know, I just need a change. I'm not enjoying going to the ring. I still love the game. I wanted to play. I knew I could play um, and, and contribute to a to a to a team. And um, went went to a small school outside of Boston and Curry College, and uh, a little bit closer to home for me. And played a year and a half there. Absolutely loved it. Uh, won uh, two championships um, and went on to the NCAA tournament. And just had uh, you know had a lot of fun. I enjoyed going to the rink. Uh, I liked working on my game. And then uh, went overseas. Played overseas for um, about five months. And then our, our team was going 
went under. So all the imports kind of took off and it was like in the middle of the night almost. But we took off. We were we were on the uh, Belgian, uh, Belgium, uh, Netherlands border and played the Dutch Elite League. And um, it was actually fun. Looking back, it was awesome. I had a blast and got to travel and do the, that part of the country and, you know, make some new friends. And then came back, played a little bit in the Central League and then just had some, I had, I had bad hips and uh, ended up having hip surgery. And I just knew I wanted to get a coach. And so um, I called it uh, once I knew the, the hips weren't going to hold up and have to rehab and kind of start all over. So I, I knew I wanted to get a coaching and fortunate I got to go back which college I played at. Played a little bit in the federal league too, right? Yeah, that's a funny story. <laughs> so I had a buddy. I had a uh, my buddy. Yeah, my buddy was like a captain and assistant coach, player assistant. And he called me. He's like, hey, we have like five guys have left. Can you please come down and help us? I'm like, man, I'm not playing. Like, I'm so done. Like, it's been a long year. He's like, just please play one game. We'll give you like a hundred bucks. I get that. I was like, I, I was like, oh my God. So I uh, ended up going down. This is hilarious. So I'm in the locker room and, um, you know, in minors, like in the, even the AHL, and he said, you have to wear helmets and warm up. There's one kid, I can't remember who his name was, uh, maybe Matt Harrington, I think. And he's like, hey, uh, we're going no buckets and, and warm ups. <laughs> so, like, we, it sounds like it was, it was pretty funny. So we go no buckets and warm ups. And I remember my dad drove down for the game and he was like, what is going on? Like, no one had helmets on. And I remember, like, the, the team we played was actually pretty good. There were some pretty good guys, like, the, uh, I can't remember who we played, but a guy that had played in the NHL and uh, made a couple of tough guys running around I'm like what am I getting myself into I couldn't Watertown wait to get Wolves. yeah I think I was dash three too <laughs> Reggie uh, Dunlop yeah, so. yeah, exactly that uh, was funny so who do you start off the season with Ryan who do you got coming up you guys got your schedule uh, right? yeah I think we go up uh, north I think we start with uh, I want to say we play Hartford Springfield and then come home play Bridgeport and then go back up there play Utica Syracuse so uh, pretty light schedule to start and then um, you know once into December it gets kind of um, we get the long road trips coming up with you know the provinces Wilkes-Barre's, Hartford's, and then, um, you know, Hershey. So uh, th- that's the one thing about being in Charlotte. You know, we fly everywhere, but uh, sometimes we go on the road for about 10 days. So it can get, uh, the, the road can get old after a while, believe it or not. But, uh, yeah. but it's also good we're not riding buses too much. So, Ryan, who are you looking forward to playing against this year? And who are you not looking forward to playing against? Besides Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably Wilkes-Barre. I'm probably most looking forward just to, you know, play against Vellucci and, and possibly my brother. Which I think that'd be kind of a, a cool uh, uh, fun, fun contest, and then uh, I, I think Lehigh Valley is going to be really good. Um, looking at the guys they've signed, I think that's going to be a tough task for us. You know, you know, Providence is usually always a really good team. Hershey's good, well coached. So our division's really good. Bridgeport, um, it's going to be a dogfight all year long, and you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the group we have. We got a lot of new faces, but I think a lot of guys that uh, have something to play for, and I think that's going to be the approach um, that we have. You know, guys are at the end of the day playing for contracts and for and for money. You know, that's what everyone cares about most. The day and yep. uh, you have success, um, you will get paid. And you look at you know the guys that have left our, our team from last year; those guys got paid. So I think that's a good selling point for our guys. So yeah, how much will you use the the Swamp Rabbits? They're your ECHL affiliates, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll use them uh, quite a bit. We're working on getting them a couple more guys for depth guys. But you know, I talked to Kevin Kerr um, when I got the job and just told him we're going to help him as much as I can. I was in the league before, so I understand you know what it takes and, and how tedious it can be, and just having a good, lot of, a good amount of communication can help both teams so plan on helping those guys out as, as much as we can but i know at times there's going to be that one call and he's not going to want to hear it but i'm going to have to bring up a guy because <laughs> um, we've gotten some injuries so um but it, it's all good uh he understands it, it, the business so yeah. let, let me ask you a little bit more about that we, we talked a couple of episodes now about you know in regards to the carolina hurricanes having the best farm system in the league with you know you guys winning the calder cup and everything but you know as far as the echl goes it's still kind of goonish so i'm 
wondering, you know, what do you think the NHL can do to, you know, kind of pull up the level of play a little bit uh, to help, you know, you guys fill in your slots uh, a little bit better? What are your thoughts there? So as far as like the ECHL being very goonish? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. You know, we use the term goonish. Is that a word? I, I know what you mean. Like, I, honestly, I think the league's come a long way, even from when I was there a couple of years ago. It, it's getting there. It's getting better. To be honest, I still think the league's numbers are going to come down at some point. Like, I think it's going to go to, you know, 20 teams maybe, and then you'll see it even a higher level. I know they've talked about making it like a, a baseball where it's, you know, the triple A, double A, single A, but I just think it's so hard with the money involved. But I do think the, um, you know, the, the it, it is kind of, trust me, I've, I've been there where you, you kind of get teams get bullied a little bit. And um, I think it's getting there with getting clean up um, just because I know, you know, I, 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 talking to Spencer Carberry and Hershey, he, he had no depth last year in South Carolina. And, you know, now they went out and signed a bunch of guys because they need the depth. So um, I think teams realize that they need some players down there and they want to have a good relationship. But as far as the, uh, the nastiness and the goon mentality, I think it's getting cleaned up with, you know, the heavyweights kind of stepping out of the game. Yeah. Eventually, you know, the, the way the NHL is moving, the way all leagues are moving, you know, these goons are getting out of the league. Um, you know, you still got yeah. some, you got some, you know, 27, 28 year olds uh, or maybe even older than that in the east coast league and they're kind of slowly phasing out of that so um, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely going, going, yeah, definitely phasing. Even like in the NHL, I mean, the only guy, I mean, the Tom Wilsons is the new heavyweight, you know, like the guys that can play and then throw them, you know, the fur, yeah, like furlins, the guys, you have to be able to play, you know, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Everyone's fourth line can play nowadays and you yeah. have to play. Like look at St. Louis throwing the cup and Boston fourth line. Like you guys have to play. They have to play for a minute. Contribute. Yeah. Yeah, contribute. Yeah, contribute. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So Ryan is, I, I haven't really been, uh, you know, following too close but is Ned coming back? What is the story on him, or is that uh, not up for public information? I mean, I think he, he's going to battle it out in camp. I, I think I believe in that. I think he's an NHL goalie. They, they obviously re-signed Marazic and, and Reimer, and they made the move for Reimer and Forsberg. So I think they'll let it shake out. I know obviously Marazic will be up there. Um, if Ned's back, it's not the end of the world, and I know he'll be upset, but he's still in a good spot. Uh, he, again, he's going to focus on each day, and, and he's a really good kid. He's a smart kid. He's he gets it. He, he's not going to pout and, and, and moan. He's going to come to the rink every day and work hard and try to get better. And that's something I'm not too concerned about. Uh, if we have him, great. If we don't, great, great for him because that's what this league's all about is, is getting guys up to the next level and, and, and hoping they, they stick up there. Yeah. Byington's the, uh, you know, testament to that, right? I mean, Cinderella story. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, Ryan, you, you must, uh, you know, you've had a lot of success at a young age and mom and dad must be proud, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my dad, my dad loves it. He lives for the game and he was in at, at the playoff games and came down and we won the we won and we brought it back we went out with the cup uh, me him and, and Mike Volucci my mom and my wife Mike's family and it was funny my, my dad brings the cup into the, the the restaurant like he won the damn thing so uh, <laughs> yeah, he loves it. yeah. So he, he travels from going to my brother's games and and, and to our games but uh, it obviously is different when when I think when one's coaching and one playing so uh, but he enjoys it he loves it he lives for it awesome well we appreciate you coming on Ryan and for all the listeners, definitely go down to the Bojangles Arena. They actually have a cool bar down there where the uh, team walks in and out, uh, actually on and off the ice through the bar room. And um, you can, you know, the kids can tap high fives. You can see the players, the coaches. So great atmosphere, great arena. Um, so everyone go down and check out the Charlotte Checkers this year. And uh, again, Ryan, we're going to be watching you, man. Your numbers are just impressive. amazing. Yeah, very impressive. Impressive, yeah. So good luck, man. Thank, Thank you, guys. For coming on. I appreciate it.
Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, and uh, best of luck. I hope we see you at some games this year. Yeah, definitely. We'll be there, and uh, we'll get you on. Let's get two cups. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. I appreciate it. Good luck this season. Uh, all right. Take care, man. Thank you, guys. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Yeah. Ryan Warsawski, guys. Wow, that was uh, you know pretty good information there that he had. He sounds like a you know a good solid guy, uh, solid head on his shoulders. So sounds like a guy I wouldn't you know I'd like to play for. Yeah, I mean he, you know some of the uh, things he was saying, how you know you get a, a flashy player on your team and you you don't try to coach him right away let him get out there and just skate a little bit that's how i took it let him get his tires pumped up for a couple practices and then uh, kind of slowly reel him in so uh that was a good coaching philosophy that i took from him that uh you know i, th- I think he's gonna do well down there and you know his numbers show it yeah i, yeah, confident think, it's, yeah, I think it's, i just think it's so impressive that you know you got a guy i mean i remember me when i was 31 years old i mean i can't even imagine being in his drink 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 come, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come on i mean 31 and he's you know, he's at like, you know, he's on the cusp of like, you know, he's obviously give him like five, six years. I would guess he's probably going to be at least assistant. an assistant, you know what I mean? Yeah. At least an associate in the NHL. Um, it's crazy. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's very impressive to see a young guy like him, very composed, nothing that, you know, that doesn't seem too big for him by any means, you know what I mean? And it's it's impressive to me. I, I really appreciate that kind of thing. It's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I, I was going to kind of touch on, you know, trying to dig into his game plan and kind of how he has brought the Charlotte Checkers from the worst penalty kill in the league to the first but uh i kind of figured he is first baby yeah i i don't know i just figured he, he wouldn't want to divulge into that too much but uh pretty impressive and then he brought his uh the charlotte checkers defensive core from you know one of the worst teams in the league again to you know second best in the league averaging 2.49 goals a game so you know and that's all him that's not the head coach the head coach is doing power play and offense running the four lines so pretty impressive Great to have him on. We'll follow him for sure. Who do we got sponsored this week? All right, guys. The NHL News, Marley. Well, we got a little endorsement from King Tut this week. Robbie, you give us a little information on them, bud. King Tut is a graphic designer. They uh, they did a truck wrap for us. They did an amazing job on our truck, Blue Line Hockey Club truck. The images were just so real life. It was you know kind of horny. Maybe horny. Pretty nice. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> Doesn't I'm, take much. Super happy <laughs> that thing around. Tissue is in my pocket. (laughs) You're right, Rob. Your truck is like really phenomenal. I mean, just driving around with Rob, uh, with the rat from King Tut, uh, the heads turn. uh, I think when we first got it on the road, um, everybody was, uh, we had a lot of, hits on our website and our um, podcast so uh big uh, big shout out to king tut yeah graphic. if you're in the raleigh area and you're looking to advertise in you know non-conventional spaces your truck or your vehicle is a good idea i mean the amount of time we spend on the road uh like pat said you know we could see traffic you mean getting on the road yeah you you can see people's heads looking at the rap you can see them picking up their phone and you know most of the time I'm sure they're they're hitting our website and taking a look. So, I, I we've seen the spike already, uh, and I I mean I certainly think it's worth it. Yeah, definitely. All right, in the NHL this week, guys. What about Billy Garen, Morley? What do you think? No G- new GM. That's where they're leaning. Football. But I just read some interesting stuff. You did? Did you read? Public? No, I just thought Hextall was still in the running. For- oh, no, they can't. It's they, over. It's, it's over. over. They, they pulled the trigger on Billy Garen, four-time Stanley Cup champion uh, with Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh Penguins. I didn't see that today. Yeah, so he. 
information on this cricket wireless. Yeah, you're up north still, up there near uh, King Tut's um, tomb. Speaking still of King Tut, news news <laughs> is still delivered by a horse and buggy up here. Yeah, the uh, the what's Amos. it called? <laughs> um, Amos, yeah. But anyways, yeah, Gary <laughs> replaces Paul Fenton. Fenton was fired um, July 30th. He was only there for 14 months. Um, so he received a multi-year contract oversee you know hockey operations and uh, owner Craig Leopold was pretty impressed. He's pleased to add him to the uh, GM. He's been a winner throughout his hockey career. He's played for numerous teams. He's uh he won a Stanley Cup uh, with the Penguins front office once as a player. He also won a cup with the New Jersey Devils in 95. We'll see what happens. I think it's a good pick. Uh, there's also some other news that came out about Ron Hextall, and you guys can elaborate on that, that uh, there were some shady dealings with him in uh, Philly. Mark, you saw that, right? Or all you guys were Yeah, basically, basically didn't like the owner didn't like the way he was trying to run the team, and he, he wanted to go back to the way when he was running the team. And, uh, you know, Hextall didn't really come out and talk about it it's just uh, speculation through different people in the organization and uh you know he kind of got a bad rap there but um when the minnesota investigator the reporter was investigating Ruto. it because he was yeah. thinking about going there so yeah and he's the one that kind of broke that story so for what most people think that ron hextall is a great gm and a very smart hockey guy so i don't think it'll be too long before we see him with a different team yeah when i when i read that article uh what i took from it was that it, it could be a mis- misconception right so yeah. from what i understand Ron Hextall was making decisions closely. He kept his cards tight to his chest. He had a tight inner circle and he listened to that inner circle and then anybody on the outside. Pissed him off. It was basically, you know, up yours. So, um, and the owner was one of them. Yeah. 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 And look, those are different philosophies. And at the end of the day, the owner's paying your bill. So, I mean, it's tough. Maybe it's just time for Ron to go to somewhere else. I heard he was highly respected in Los Angeles when he uh, was out there. And, you know, he made some good moves both in Los Angeles and in Philadelphia. So, I mean, I think it's just a matter of time before he lands somewhere else. Listen, yeah, the whole I think, bit, I think the, interest, the interesting thing, I, you can get back to Hexile in one second, but talking about the, uh, Billy Garen, the, the interesting thing about him with the Wild is uh, they passed up on hiring him and hired Ben, you know, a year, you know, a year ago. So, oh, really? Did they? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he was in the running. So, uh, I mean, that's basically Minnesota saying, oops, we fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and we should have hired this guy. So, that's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic to that that story it's almost like the uh you know the owner all along kind of felt like you know you wonder who was in his ear saying you know higher fat and higher fat and higher fat and and it's, it's almost like he's admitting admitting a mistake and then uh you know picking up his picking up the guy he originally wanted so that's that's kind of an interesting dynamic that story just to it is interesting. It's very interesting on garen you know so i think uh, a lot of what i've heard a lot of what i've heard about garen is that like you know the fans everybody's gonna love this guy he's got like an awesome personality um you know just in belly yeah big belly straight hockey <laughs> straight great hockey guy though you know I, I wonder if we're seeing the end of an era of you know and i don't know much about that but you know to have someone come in that has won stanley cups as a player and won them in the back office um i just wonder if that's the way everything's going these days well i guess i mean you're looking everywhere you're looking in the world you're looking for experience and good experience so 
I don't know. I, I just thought I, I wanted to throw that in because I thought that was an interesting dynamic that they passed up on him, you know, at the last hiring when they hired Benton. So um, I just wanted to put that out there for the listeners that that did indeed happen. And here here we go. He's now the GM. So we'll see how the uh, Wild move forward. I think it's exciting for the uh, Minnesota Wild fans at this point. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Just curious to see uh, or maybe find out if Mike Madonna had a big part of that. Um, they're kind of the same era players, aren't they? Played together in Dallas. Yeah. So. Um, I'm sure that had a big part of the decision making there. Uh, but also being the GM in Pittsburgh, we've talked about it n- numerous times. They really haven't made a lot of moves over the last years. Like when I would look for a GM that's created something, I'm sure they won cups, but as far as building a team, uh, I don't see a Pittsburgh GM being that guy right now. Yeah, I think uh, to touch on that though, you know, you got, when you're looking at Pittsburgh though, you, you have so many all-stars, you know, maybe you could get a little bit complacent maybe, you know, I don't know. It's like, you think you can ride the wave a little bit longer than the average team you got Sidney Crosby and Malkin and all those guys Kessel for a time I mean it's just you know they were loaded for so long so maybe they uh maybe they waited a little bit too long you know maybe they tried to ride that wave a little bit too long but um I think uh you know you know Billy Guerin though I think it's going to be exciting to watch him get his own opportunity to run a team you know 48 year old guy he's still young I think it's uh it, it's it's an interesting fit and I think it's it's I think it's a I think it's a good fit even though I mentioned in previous podcasts that I think Ron Hextall was going to be the, a neat fit. Um, th- this seems this seems pretty good. And when you throw in the Madonna connection there, um, things start making sense, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I forgot they were together. So, you know, for me, I, I was just listening to uh, Mike and Mike, which is, you know, a football talk show, you know, Golick and Wingo. And oh, yeah. uh, I heard an in- interesting conversation with Booger McFarland. And it was basically, you know, there, there are two types of, of management. One philosophy would throw money at their players, right? Every one of them has to be all stars and then the other side of that is well we just want a couple of all stars and then we want to bring in the diggers and the you know the workers and grinders uh, it comes back to chemistry is just so big in this sport right now and, and Ryan Warsawski just touched on it at the end of the day this is a business and all of these guys are looking to get paid so you have all of these personalities who are thinking about themselves their families and and putting you know food on the plate for whatever they've got going on and you have to harness that information these players knowing that they have all these things going on they're they're trying to run their own businesses but the question was which one which management style would you want i wouldn't want to have a team full of all-stars because they're in theory it's a lot they're, they're a lot stronger personalities they're all getting paid it's a lot harder to make them work together versus guys that aren't quite there yet they haven't made that big check so they're working their bag off still to try and get that big check so i don't know i'll put that out there to you guys what, what yeah i think you, what i, I think, think when you look i think when you look at any sport on the pro level i mean it's all about putting the pieces i mean you got to have like your you know you, you have to have an all-star on every team right so but i think the way that great teams and great franchises are built is through like you know i'm going to use a generic term like a farm system right so it's either that or it's a draft cliche right? there you go so cliche so you gotta <laughs> you gotta have a uh you have to have a mix of like uh veteran talent but you got to constantly have like those young guys you know being fed into the organization you can't i agree with you rob i don't don't think you can like go like you know paying big money for a bunch of free agents all the time and have that work out very often you gotta everything's about chemistry you got to build a culture you got to build a uh you know like a system in place all the great teams in sports have that system in place where it's a culture it's it's an identity that they have and they bring in players that fit that culture and identity so you can't it's very rare 
that, you know, you can buy yourself to a championship in, in any sport. You got to have the right culture. Yeah, I agree. You got, you guys, uh, I went away to crack a cold one. Uh, anyone? Been the, the epitome of that being the Yankees. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I, I just went and cracked a cold one. I didn't know what you guys were talking about, but you guys get on Mitch Marner yet, or are you still talking about GMs? No, no I mean, we're, we're still talking about we need to get to Mitch Marner, but, you know, I, I don't know. Don't need to beat up the GM. So, yeah, I know, and that's a big topic, though. I mean, it, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see Billy Garen what he's going to do out in Minnesota. You know, I heard uh, Mitch Marner is looking to practice. Did you guys see that over in Zurich? With Zurich, well, I think his 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 agent is leaving the door open for not having a signature. You know, not being signed before the season starts. So he wants him to skate somewhere. And yeah, I guess and Zurich. Austin is Matthews' previous team, right? So yeah, uh, obviously Austin Matthews has a, a little help for him. Um, signing there, but it doesn't make sense for him if he if they're not going to sign him to go. Most players don't go to that training camp. Not even worth it. I'm sure Matthews, who's making twelve million dollars a year, eleven point six, whatever, has a little little help, little say into what uh, Mitch is going to do this summer until the signing. So I thought that was interesting that you know he's not budging. You know, another thing we can switch topics again is um, I saw Matthew Kachuk. He's not budging. His uh, agent. They said that they here's what we want. Um, Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it, you know. And they've, they they dropped it on their desk in June. And, um, you know, we're going into September here. That's, uh, I mean, Calgary's in a tough spot. I, I personally think they need a Matthew Kachuk. He's a dynamic player. You know, him He's a franchise player. He's, he's a franchise player. You yeah. think of Calgary, who do you think of? Yeah. I, you know, what, hap- what happens Johnny in the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what happens, yeah. though, in, a, in, this, in the league is like, you know, they wait for play. Like, you know, certain players in certain positions set the market, right? So they're saying, you know, Mitch Marner is like that they're guy. Gonna, yeah. They're like, they're kind of like all waiting because they, Mitch Marner is probably gonna be the highest paid guy right so he's gonna set the market and so it's it's all kind of like jostling for position at this point but you look at a guy like matt kachuk and he's they don't make guys like this anymore you know like he's he fits like that old school and new school brand like he he has both styles of play in his game he's gritty but he's also you know contributes a lot to the team you know and you don't see that stuff that much anymore with players but there i think the market is waiting to be set when you got guys like line a out there you got marner you got you know, Chuck, you know it, it, yeah, exactly Exactly. So you got as soon as the chip, as soon as the chip falls with Marner, you're probably going to see like a flurry of moves after that. Domino effect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, Mark, you watched Calgary a little bit. You stayed up late. Uh, you know, I know you and I would text a lot when Minnesota was playing. Matthew Kachuk was like the guy on the team. You know, Johnny Gaudreau would put the puck in the net, but. Kachuk was the guy that he was the one in the corner making the passes. He was the guy, you know, starting the fight. I mean, I just think he's the uh, top guy on that team. Hard nosed player. Hard nosed yeah. player. Yeah. He's my player as well. And I, you know, I, I gotta say, his younger brother Brady is going to be just the same way. I, I've always thought, you know, highly of Brady as well. He's the same type of player. He can do finesse when you need to, and he'll fight you when you want to. Yeah. And speaking of uh, Brady Kachuk at the Ottawa Center. I did just see Colin White, if anyone saw that, just signed a contract with the uh, um, Ottawa Senators. Pretty big. I want to say $6.8 million a year. Big for him. He played with uh, most of those boys we're talking about. Matthew, Brady, all those guys at the development program. He played with my nephew there at the uh, Jordan Greenway at the development program. So uh, big for him. That's a big contract. You know, almost $7 million. You know, getting back to Ottawa... 
Um, you know, they just picked up Callahan. Callahan. Yeah. So they, the Ottawa just picked up Callahan. So Colin White, Brady Kachuk, you know, they're starting to put pieces together up there. You know, Ottawa is kind of us four guys are from upstate New York. Ottawa is, you know, an hour and a half drive north. So we kind of have a little bit, a little piece of that in our heart, but uh, I'd like to see Ottawa do better. I'm excited. I'm excited for the hockey. Well, they said with the signing of Colin White, that this was a big step at bringing fans back in the door. Um, I mean, that remains to be seen, but uh, I think he's a fan favorite as well. Uh, How about Jack Hughes? Sure, she did. So she did. Dude, these these poor kids this day and age. I, I mean, we wouldn't even have survived. Like all of us would have been, <laughs> we would all been in jail. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel so bad for these guys. Everything's caught on camera now. It's like he's just being a guy, young guy. You know, like having fun. Like then this stuff gets plastered all over the media. It's just so. Yeah. Stupid. People are ripping him apart. What the fuck? Yeah, ripping him apart. Like I mean, he's the number one draft pick in the NHL. He's got more people in his face than he can imagine. He's, I mean, he's probably has like a handful of people cares I and mean, give him a break <laughs> You know? I mean, what, what guy would say show us your tits? I mean, there's got to be something wrong with him, you know. It's, oh, yeah, he's awful. Yeah, he's oh, like, normal? He's awful. He's probably grounded right now. <laughs> oh, no, I heard there's no Fortnite and no cell phone. <laughs> but, yeah, that's the, uh, you know, the big news today in the NHL. Garen's getting um, hired as the Wild GM. Um, you know, Jack Hughes, they're trying to see some titty bombs. Mitch Marner, you know, training in future life. Yeah. Um, I know uh, Justin Williams' decision on the future for the Hurricanes could come out this week. I guess uh, Rob Brendamore of uh, Carolina Hurricanes said that anytime this week, they're pretty sure that Justin Williams is going to decide on his fate. What's he going to do? Hang him up or try another year? So, you know, Rob and I are down in Raleigh. Um, We're hoping he signs. We're pretty excited for the year. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I I asked Brendamore, you know, when we had a chance uh, during the pro development camp, you know, if not Williams, who? And he didn't want to yeah. touch that at all. You know, I can't blame him. I, I want to see, you know, Justin Williams come back. Yeah. I mean, he's Same thing with Marley well, San Jose. Yeah. I mean, did you hear the story on hand, Mark? Were you the one that – were you talking about that, right? It's it's not the, it's not an easy thing out there in San Jose with him, right? I guess there's a little – doesn't payment. get along with the, with the GM or the coach or, or something. They, well, he, he was there since he got drafted. And then in 2016, 17-ish, he wanted to trade. To Toronto, probably earlier than that, 17, 18, he wanted to trade to Toronto. Is that, she, is she, he, <laughs> he, that didn't settle too well with uh, um, San Jose staff management. So, uh, you know, I think this is a little little way to say, fuck you, you fucked us, you know, two years, three years ago. Because he asked for the trade. He wanted the trade out of San Jose. And now the ball's back in San Jose's court. And they're like, oh, yeah, you want us to sign you? So I don't know. That's what I got of it. Mark, I say, I, I think you read that. Article. Yeah, I think his first season was like 1999 or something. So, I mean, serious. He's been in the league a long time. High school, <laughs> like two years ago, it feels like. Yeah, he's old, man. I mean, he would we say? I mean, he's didn't I send a little tweet out of what he was worth? You guys remember that number? I don't. Forty-eight million dollars or something. So, I mean, let's say he signs a one-year contract or a bridge deal or something. Who knows? For seven hundred thousand, it clearly he's not looking to you know pay off the RV or the the. Too long. <laughs> He's just 
he just wants to play, sounds like. So we'll see what happens. He'd be good we'll up see. in like Ottawa or somewhere when they need some leadership. Yeah, yes, he would. I mean, I mean, some teams could pick him up really cheap, million bucks. I think in, in Mark, I think you mentioned it. I think we were talking. His stats are pretty good still. 40 points a season, right? It's not like yep. he's fucking awful. I mean, that's pretty big. Third, uh, third liner. Third liner, fourth liner, produce. I mean, it's not like Marlowe sucks. Uh, he ain't no I, fool. I, I think you'll see him sign out in San Jose. I think they would be silly to keep this up. I mean, might be old, but yeah, he's he's putting up points still. So I can't see how he doesn't help. But you know, and, and to get back to that old, and the, you know, I was thinking the other day, these older guys that are getting more mature that actually played in the, um, you know, clutch and grab era, the uh, um, rough and tough, rock'em, sock'em hockey that we're used to. And now they're playing in this NHL league where it's, um, you know, open hockey. There's no hitting. There's no hitting anymore. I mean, you, you can take a player. You guys know we had open hockey when we were growing up. No checking. You were in your skates, your gloves, your helmet, and your stick. You can go out there and dangle and try all these NHL in 99, NHL 94 moves from Nintendo. But when you get checking, when you get checking involved, it's a whole different ball game. You can't do that. And so you'd see these players in a high school game. Yeah, keep your head up. Yes. Or a junior B game. They're scared as, you know, piss their pants. But in open hockey, it was a different story they were for dangle and you're like holy fuck how do you do that, do that? So, long story short some of these older guys justin williams patrick marlowe you know these guys you know still have a little bit of knowledge and wisdom and able to hold on to that puck a little bit longer I, yeah i mean their career has to be extended since there's no no longer the same check. contact yeah kevin stevens isn't coming across the blue line fucking knock you to kill you, yeah. I, I just saw i just saw his paul korea uh recently again and i was just like oh my, oh my. god he got up. you know paul, didn't paul korea play keep playing in that game he came back and <laughs> i think he ended up scoring two or yeah, three more goals or something like that I, mean, I, I know he scored at least one nasty goal i think he scored a goal after that but yeah didn't, they, didn't they stevens didn't stevens mess up lindros too or am i my mistake yeah oh, oh yeah. killed him yeah i mean the league. damn near killed him good loading. i don't i don't think he came back but i know paul korea came back and played and got a goal and you know i don't know i don't know when that was i would say like 95 ish is she? Is she? And um, he clearly had like. I mean, he was laying on the ice, lifeless, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> they must have brought out the salt because he was like, huh? <laughs> got up. Okay. Uh. Yep. Still here. Okay. I need to go in the locker room. Came back out. Oh, where, where are we? Where are we? We're in San Jose. Listen, We're it reminds me. It reminds me of waking up on Rob's uh, living room floor, like sorry, <laughs> <laughs> LA. <laughs> we wake up on the floor and we just said, you know, kind of, where are we? We yeah. drove home. How did we get don't, do, don't do that, kid. Different world. Different world. <laughs> All right, guys, pretty good show tonight. We're going to do a little plug here for uh, Hockey Handles one more time. Yep, we do HockeyHandles.com uh, with a Z. Hockey Handles has, like, uh, barbecue utensils, golf scrub brushes uh, to hang on your golf bag to clean your golf clubs. You know, if you're, if you're a professional like me, you don't really need it. If you hack around like Derek, clean the mud right out of your grooves of your golf club with HockeyHandlesWithAZ.com. Perfect. Uh, barbecue sets. They're pretty cool. They got, you know, hockey sticks for the uh, uh, barbecue utensils check them out yeah. all right boys great episode tonight and uh, we'll be back next week with another great episode make sure you tune in hockeyclub.com check us out on Facebook Twitter and until next time keep your stick on your eye hey Will oh doctor keep your head up